Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, this is Penelope Flynn, co host and moderator of Discussions from the Otherhood. I'm here with our regular crew. Sonia, Otto, Cranston, we're missing a couple of people, hoping that James will check in with us a little bit later. Um, with him missing, we miss our New York weather, but we've got Sonia and Cranston and Otto to let us know what the weather is like in their necks of the woods. So Sonia, you're top right, so how is your weather? Uh, after a very blustery uh, what, tornado-y, because I think some tornadoes hit nearby, not us, but in uh, North Georgia, it, we it came out a really beautiful day, blustery. Winnie the Pooh would have liked it and with his uh -oh. kite, but you know, everything looks. Does, I didn't hear any reports of any damage, so mm. we're surviving. And it's going to get cold and then it's going to get warm again. Typical, but it's going to get cold. cold. It's supposed to get cold. down to 40 something, not oh, New York, lovely. not New York cold, but for what Georgia. Well, they're not thirty something degrees, but you know. Oh, forty degrees is good though. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, for champagne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, tis true. I'm with you, Cranston. On that find, one. Yeah, I have to find a bottle of prosecco or something. Yeah. That's too warm. What's too what? Forty three. Yeah. Oh no, man. It's supposed to, you know, be up and down this coast a little chilly. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is April. I remember um, at the end of April in New York one year, it snowed. So possibilities are endless. I guess they are indeed. All right. So, Otto, how is your weather? Very good. It's very sunny and uh, nice 70 degrees. I felt like I was in San Diego or something. Really good. Really? Nice weather with a nice, yeah, nice breeze. I didn't have Any to turn rain? on anything, no rain. I didn't have to turn on anything to heat me or to cool me. And so wow. my electric bill went down from a uh, high of $900 Whoa. to $35 this month. Wow, wow, that is lovely. That is lovely. Congratulations on that, man. All right. Well, how about you, Cranston? What's your weather like? It's been kind of crazy. The beginning of the week, uh, there was some cold front that went through and it got down into the 40s a couple of days. But today, uh, it started out in the lower 60s and got up to 92. Wow. But wow. it's like an overcast wow. 92, so it wasn't like you didn't uh, blister anything like that. But, um, but still, and, that's a big jump. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's 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 crazy, but you know it's um, uh, hey, it's it's Florida, so yeah. It's just gonna say it's Florida. So what can we expect? All right. Well, I am not in Texas today. I am in Virginia, and it was a cloudy day, part of it, and then the sun broke through. Beautiful, beautiful sunny day. Um, we went out. Um 
into DC, uh, went near the mall area. We didn't go there, but near and around in the city. Just gorgeous, gorgeous day. And um, it's supposed to here also drop tonight into the 40s. But, you know, I've got my Fenty onesie, so I am cool. I will be in my Fenty slippers, so I'm all right with that. So, yeah, it's, it's working for me. So everything's going um, A-OK here as well. And uh, Well, you know, Penelope, in, in college, I knew a girl. We knew a girl named Virginia. We called her Virgin for short, but not for long. <laughs> ooh, ooh. No, there's a sexist joke. Uh, uh, yeah, because I don't think there's any names like that for boys. I don't. I had to think about it. Not yes, that we so. can say on radio, on on air, and keep our our ratings. And you know, it's for this is an adult rated show, so we're cool. No children. Um, all right, then let's get to it. Um, this was a topic proposed by Cranston. If you did not get to see the uh, graphic that we posted, it is in the chat. I'm going to start trying to do that more more often um, for the show. And basically, it's what we won't get fooled again because of our uh, propensity to be fooled by the glitz of the trailers and the teasers and everything that they're saying is going to be wonderful and then we end up with a television show or a film that falls flat so Francis, this is your your baby bubba i'll let you get it started yeah well thank you and uh so what happens is that you begin to see um it's like the the one i chose uh for the for the uh first one was of course uh when we heard that george lucas was going to make more star wars movies so all people had to hear was star wars and they got excited and they were saying about how you know the um graphics are so much better and the cgi is so much better and the budgets are so much bigger so everybody's all just you know like uh slavering over themselves to go see it so you go to see the movie and everything and it's kind of like one of those things that you go to and you're waiting for it to get better, so you keep watching it. And just when you said, okay, maybe this will work, or okay, maybe this is it. And then they had a creation that I'm surprised, and this could be the danger of when you have that much money, nobody can tell you no. But somebody said, you really want to think this Jar Jar character, you might want to pull that back a little bit. And so it was a uh, it was a major disappointment, and I think it was only as uh, got as many positive things as people had hyped it so much they didn't want to look bad by saying, you know, this really sucked. So I'm going to keep saying this was good, so you will like it. And then there are other things that you have read about. There's that book that somebody told you about that was going to be really good that you have to read it. And you begin to say, this really kind of sucks. Um, and that's about it. I remembered uh, my coworkers which coming back uh, one Monday. They come back and they, they seen the uh, first Transformers movie. And they were raving about it. So I said, okay, well, maybe I'm missing out. I had never been a big Transformers fan while it was... Um, on the uh well at any of the cartoons or the live action series whatever else they did but i said okay maybe that's it so i went to see it and i said okay i will never again voluntarily go to see anything directed by michael bay 
ever. Even if it was directions out of a burning building, I would, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait, you know, so. But that's the thing we have to watch out for is those things that um, we were really looking forward to it. We were really disappointed. And you make sure that if you can see the signs of it coming again, you know, that you will uh, head the other way. I have that for uh, Twilight Zone. You know, when Jordan um, Peele was doing Twilight Zone, I was so mm -hmm. anticipating it. You know, I thought, yeah. man, Jordan Peele, Twilight Zone, you know. How can this home? miss? Yeah, it's, it's like, it's going to be every episode is going to be like a really serious Key and Peele skit or something, you know? Yeah. Just more science fiction-y. Because... He did a lot of science fiction stuff on Key and Peele. He did a lot of horror, sci-fi skits on Key and Peele. Although they were funny, you know, there were you no know, horror kind of, you know, have, had a twist to it. And of course, Get Out was really great. So I thought it was can't. I thought it can't miss. And then he was gonna he was gonna do the Rod Serling thing. And then you know when the series came out, I was so anticipating greatness. And it wasn't so great. It was it was meh, but it wasn't yeah. great. And when you're expecting greatness, meh just doesn't do it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, well, I, I, mm -hmm. well, I was gonna say yeah. That was that's when you find out all of the other. It's like the fine print. So you found this is Keen Peel's Twilight Zone, but then no, it was developed by him and somebody else, and other people are going to be the showrunners and. And, 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 and by the time you get down to the end of all of those little asterisks and footnotes and everything, you said, well, no, that wasn't it. Some of them were very good, and some of them were kind of like, um, if, you, if you had cut it down to half an hour, it might have been better. But trying to pad some of these things, it just got, um, it was kind of like all over the place because you didn't know what you wanted to do. Right. Yeah. Normal people, when they, when they see Jordan Peele is doing the Twilight Zone, they don't investigate who the showrunner is or anything. Mm -hmm. Because we think, as consumers, that Jordan Peele is doing the Twilight Zone, and that's it. His mm -hmm. imprint, every, everything about it, his imprint, his, his tone, everything was going to be about it. And then I know, you know, Cranston, you and Penelope made fun of me, but I thought it should have been in black and white as well. The, to capture that 1950s McCarthyism kind of thing, that McCarthyism vibe. And I, now I hear that some of them are in black and white, but you know, I think it should have started off that way because black and white has that creepiness to it. Mm -hmm. And um, I was gonna say something about the, the fact that the first one that he had done, Samal Lathan, I thought it was classic and I thought that was really, you know, fantastic. And uh then the other one with the comedian, the only thing I ever saw uh what's his name, Tracy Morgan do, mm -hmm. where I said, Oh wow, he might be able to act. You <laughs> know. I thought he did a good job in that. That yeah. one I thought yeah, was did. really good. And um with that myth that Mephistophelian, you know, type of role. And uh after that though, you know. I can't think of any of the other ones that I thought were that same level 
you know. Um, Wasted opportunities to me, because I, I, I mean, you couldn't doing, you know, the the election of our forty fifth president, and doing the atmosphere that was around. I mean, they couldn't serve you serve it up to you on a, you know, on a plate any better. I mean, it's right mm-hmm. there for the taking, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that was what it was all about. It was all about questioning authority and questioning mm-hmm. society, and I was, I, you know. It was mad. Like I said, it wasn't bad. And it I got to tell you, that last episode, they did what was Zazzy Beats in it. I had no idea what in the world that was about. Yeah, that was one of the ones that if, if, if you'd cut that one down to 25 minutes, it would have been a lot better than just keeping adding things to it. That It's, it's, uh, this, it's the difference between ramping up suspense and padding the runtime. Also, is a thing that people who are in Hollywood and do do not know and do not understand is that nobody cares about your behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not interesting. It's not engaging. Nobody, nobody likes. Nobody likes the player. No. Nobody likes. Nobody likes all about Eve. All about Eve is different. It's not a Hollywood um, thing. You know, it's this place. It's people, you know, doing plays. Back is a back backstage type of thing, but hard was not a backstage. It's not tactical. You know, it's not. You know what I mean? Um, it's not the same. Where they sit around and talk about, you know, whose assistant is doing this or that, or or just the way that they do business, and nobody understands that, and and no no one really cares. You know, that's why. Yes, they get awards and things like that, Academy Awards, because it's, you know, navel-gazing, you know, things about Hollywood that Hollywood people see themselves and they think this is great because they can vote for it. But regular so they just, people... They, so the movies like that, they just get Oscars. Yeah, they get Oscars, but they're, they're, they're not interesting. I could think of a bunch of those movies like that. You know, The and, Player, mm-hmm. um, of course, What About Eve, which is different. <laughs> Sunset so, uh, Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard. There was a, mm-hmm. a Burt Lancaster movie. I forget the name of it. I think Frank Sinatra was in it, and he was in the audience clapping because somebody else had won the Oscar. It's it's uh, got the name of that movie. But there's a bunch of movies like that. These so-called insider movies, you know. Yeah, but insider. It's like you talk about what is that thing, the Frank Fame thing, where he's mm-hmm. trying. Right, to right, right. Yeah. Sinatra. Sinatra yeah. wins, but he says, Frank, it's Sinatra. He thinks it's gonna be him after all the right, things. He right, has right. <laughs> yeah. but, but that's but that's not that's not so that people don't understand. I'm talking about when But I didn't like it. Movies, I, didn't, I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean I like things like that. What I'm talking about is movies where people and they're doing pitch sessions and stuff like that that you know, in all honesty, regular people don't care about. What, um, about what is Fame? the other thing? What is that what is that film? That uh, oh, Nicholas Cage was in, and he played those two brothers. It was really twins. Oh, it was um, adaptation. Yeah, stuff like that. Well, Hollywood people love it, but you know, to my mind, it was just absolute garbage. You what know, about Barton? Barton Fink is different because it wasn't about that. None of the film was about the film industry. It was about outsiders of the film industry. You know, not about the the workings and how they're writing the classes that they're taking and all this. 
you know, who they think is the best coach and stuff. Nobody wants to listen to that. That's, I mean, it is a necessary thing for the purpose of making films, but it is not an interesting thing. So to me, again, hmm? does Hollywood shuffle? Again, an outsider film. Outside. It's not about, I mean, it's a, it's a Hollywood outsider film. So those are different because those are films that regular people who are trying to make it, they understand. When I'm talking about Hollywood, Hollywood insider films, right, where they right. talk, you know, where they're trying to talk over the head of their audience. Right. You know, little. It's not made for you, it's made for somebody else. That they give to each other. And that they're not interesting, but you know, as as Cranston said, those get to get um, awards because those are their awards for their industry. So within mm-hmm. their industry, it may be very interesting, and so it right. gets to get an Oscar. But you know, right. for the rest of us, it's not interesting. And you know, we kind of okay, that's nice, but it's it, it's just not interesting. Mm-hmm. I found that I found the player to be overwrought. When it I was. I, that I was, sat, I sat yeah. that whole thing. I felt like yeah. there was like a thousand places I could be other than yeah. just watching that film. Yeah. And again, all these great reviews. It was so wonderful because it's Hollywood people talking about themselves. And yeah. it wasn't good. And I, you know, I felt like, wow, what a waste of my time because this isn't good. I think somebody was and murdered person- in it or something. Yeah, there was. Vincent D'Onofrio was the person who got murdered. Oh, was he murdered? Okay. Right. Yes. I'll tell you, I don't, I don't, I didn't really. Yeah, I mean, I watched it. Greta Skaki was the lead woman, whatever this guy wanted to go with. What a waste of time. And what a complete and total waste. What it's like is if you want to get an Academy Award, then do a film that is about the film industry and they oh. will flock to it you know or, or make a movie about hollywood right but it's not navel just a movie or navel gazing yeah, it has to be a navel gazing film you know about the inner workings of their system and then that's that's what will get you an award if you are so inclined to do that well, i love talking about myself well it's also the thing is that you know that although you're allegedly showing what happens really behind the scenes it's not but it makes the uh audience of regular people you know think that you've got an insight into what it's really like to do something and you said no that wouldn't really work now there was one movie that was uh i think it came out it must have been like early 80s with uh peter o'toole uh the stuntman about um this uh, guy who is the who wanders onto this film set and uh, he ends up getting a job as a stuntman. And, uh, but his secret is he's on the run for something else. And then he thinks he killed somebody in the course of stumbling across that. And Peter O'Toole plays this um, director who is really like, you know, cross between uh, the devil and the worst director you ever had and everything. And uh, some of the things that they do that, again, are things that are kind of set up because in real life, you don't think they would do something like this. Mm. Yeah. There's also, um, 
uh, what's the movie with uh, uh, Werner Herzog, Agere, the the Wrath of God? When he shows the making different. of the film. Because they actually show the making of the film, and that is real. That is a horrible, real thing. Mm -hmm. All that stuff that they did, the the filming of it, and the film pieces itself with, um, what is it, Klaus Kinski? Right, Um, right. And I thought, yeah, but that's different. Because Mm -hmm. Werner Herzog does not really kind of believe in that, that kind of filmmaking anyway you know mm-hmm. he's kind of like really hands-on let's get in there and get it you mm-hmm. know not a lot of the posturing and stuff that we're supposed to you know believe that you know it's supposed to be hollywood well the, the player is about everything that's uninteresting mm-hmm. yeah right and then you have like the movie that woody allen's in the front remember that where uh, well, yeah, but, it, it, writers mm-hmm. and that's that's interesting right yeah, I think, yeah, because it's about writers, you know, it's not about this process and the the schmoozing and the kiss-assing and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, right. which, you know, is really of interest to regular people, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't control it, you can't, you know, as you're watching it, it doesn't really have much meaning. Well, I think, I think do, do you think Hollywood makes these movies like that, that like the player, because they say, well, all right, you know, hundreds of millions of people come watch these movies. They got to want to know the inner workings, how the stuff goes. Do, do you think they come to that kind of conclusion? I don't know. I don't think they really care. I think that they're making a movie that they like. This is if the prop, if the point of it is to get an award. Mm-hmm then they make a thing that appeals to the people who are going to vote. That's not us. We're not voting. Yeah, everybody wants to see something about themselves. Mm-hmm. We want to see something fictional that we can relate to and see ourselves. They right. actually want to see themselves. Right. You know, we're looking for double meanings and you know, yeah, it's subtext. It's all linear. It's all linear, yes. right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, that 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 is definitely one of those films that you know. It's, oh, the player, the player, and it's so great. And I said no, and I don't. I'm you know. I talked about it with adaptation, but I'm really. I'm going to tell you, I don't have any clear memories of it. I mean, that was. I mean, it got an, an award, but well, it's you like, know, there's a. But there's a lot of shows that show you inner workings of things mm-hmm. and dramatize. I mean, Mad Men was the inner workings of the ad agency. You know, we saw but that, that was good. But that yeah. was good. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, because it showed, but because it, it actually showed you, you know, right. some of the inner workings, and it showed you not. So it, it, it's. I I don't know. What it didn't. I don't find that thing like the player had much soul to it. You know, no, it is like why? the veneer that they want to show people instead well, of showing you. Well, I think the difference was if you have something like Mad Men, you have the behind the scenes stuff, but there's interesting people doing it. And the people in the player weren't really that interesting. They were no, in situations, but they were not really interesting people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think, yeah, it's just, they're not interesting people. They're not 
it's kind of like you know watching um what is that show entourage right when you know they want to be in the movies or you know, doing some film and all agents, that stuff you know, yeah, agents agents. And all that stuff. yeah but the thing is the stupid things that were done like with the agent and stuff was more interesting than them trying to be in a film you know from trying to get them the work it was more interesting than the person you know doing the work but even that i'm going to tell you in all honesty that i used to watch the film and it was ari gold that character that yeah. i thought was funny you know and i like the character until i found out that it was not really uh really things like a high a little bit of hyperbole over what's the name for chicago his brother yeah was, you know and i thought if there's a real person who acts like that I'm disgusted by it, and I no longer watch the show. Well, let me tell you something, Penelope. There are real people that act like that. Yeah, and I say if you did, that's there are real people. <laughs> yeah, there are real people. And the thing is, you know, you know, watching shows like that, Entourage, um, and I hate to say this, you get into a watch habit where mm -hmm. you, you know, the first several shows or something are pretty good, and then you have this like, you know, investment attitude where right? i i gotta i gotta keep watching it because now now i bought into it so i right I keep going you know same thing with the walking dead you know once again yeah oh my god the, I remember the that. promise the promise mm -hmm. of the you know the zombie and the you know the, the end days and all this stuff it's like god damn and how long are you going to stay in atlanta yeah you know is there no place else for you to go no, is, there is, Atlanta, is Atlanta the most most dynamic city in the world? That that you know, it's a zombie epicenter. Is it, it because is. of the CDB? Uh, is that what it, it is? It is. I just I just got I stopped. I had to I, I had to withdraw myself from it because once again I was so excited, you know, because of the you know graphic novel and everything, and then once again mm -hmm. it was a meh. Yeah, unfortunate meh. The unfortunate meh. And it sucks you in, and then it got all, and then it has all these spinoffs. Yeah, and you think, huh? Is any of this truly interesting? I mean, they 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 put the zzz in zombie. Cause that stuff, man, it makes you go to sleep. Now it's like, uh, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, like, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, they took all they took all the air out of zombie. I mean, you know, Shaun of the Dead, you know. Kind mm -hmm. of you know, you know, lit up zombieism and you know gave it a tongue in cheek kind of yeah kind clever, of, uh, atmosphere. clever yeah yeah but you know uh, the Walking Dead promised so much and delivered so little. Well, it just they should have they should have stopped when they were ahead. I don't think they were ever ahead. I well, mean, at the I, beginning it was a good show. I enjoyed it. Well, I think something to show both the uh, the the the, uh, the potential and the peril of uh, mm -hmm. source material is you can look at the first five seasons of Game of Thrones where they had a rich backlog of source material to work with. That was probably their best years. But instead of just saying, "Well, we're going to end the story here and we'll pick it up oh, 20 years from now when uh, Martin finally gets around to finishing the next book." They said, well, we've got a big hit and people will watch it just because it says Game of Thrones. And they tried to, um, and it just went all off the rails with the stuff they were doing. 
And it's also, I think, a problem they had with uh, the uh, Jordan Peele revival of the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. is that um, if you look back at the people who wrote the uh, wrote for the original series, is that they had a lot of people who were horror, suspense, and science fiction writers distributing scripts to it. Mm-hmm. But what they did with a lot of these new shows is they were just sent out the writing assignments and people who really don't understand whatever the genre is they're writing for turning in scripts. Mm-hmm. And so the things that they think are really like a novel idea, something that's really mind bending. And that's one of the things is two things you can watch out for movies. If they overhype and they say it's going to be a mind bending experience, you realize these are people who are easily entertained. And if you read all of the reviews that come up and says the best movie of the year and the source is either ends in something.com or it's a newspaper you never heard of in a city that you said, where is the city again? Do you know know that they're stretching when they do that? But that's hard to see now because especially if you're watching television, you know, that these things in big bold letters best movie of the year and it's real difficult to see where the hell that's coming from and like yeah. you know you, and then it has like you know my my basement.com or something you know <laughs> but you can't really you, it's hard to see all you see is the big you know um best movie of the year thing mm-hmm. and so i guess what these movies do or what these television shows do is uh is get people to you know say that and then you they can attribute it to whomever that matters less than the fact that they're saying it yeah but yeah. think about this what was the name of the, the, the I, I say it every now and then you know it's freaking mandy because that came out with great reviews on rotten tomatoes and so i'm thinking yeah. wow this great but, but understand, this. And, understand. Yeah. it was it was it wasn't only rotten tomatoes but new york magazine yeah which is which it is, is a long is it's a long you know tenured uh, uh uh magazine in new york city has a high mm-hmm. um is, is is viewed in high um regard I see, yeah and, and it's like what the hell man that's <laughs> i mean i'm like my mind i'm sitting here i'm watching this film and i, I say it all the time i watched that film and i can't get those hours of my life back or I'm not hour hour of my life back because well, after the first what? hour I was done. I was done. The other side of that is I recommended it to you. Yep. Based on New York Magazine saying this is the best horror film of whatever year that was, and yep. I sit there and you and you look at it, you're watching it, and you say I'm out of here. That's it. And I'm like it's gonna get good. Just wait. Just say when. When? When is it going to get good? Because it was just absolute trash. I well, was so mad. I was just, I was furious. Well, because, because not only do you have people who are not familiar with the genre uh, writing it, but we don't have Pauline Kales anymore. We don't have um, Siskel and Ebert anymore. We don't have yep. people that are that are into film enough to know, well, this is what makes this good and this is what makes it suck. And this is why you don't, you shouldn't spend your money to go see that. <coughs> well, 
Or your time, so- because you know a lot of a lot of these movies, you know they 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 premiere on platforms like Netflix or, or mm-hmm. Hulu or Paramount Plus or Peacock. So you're not actually directly paying for them; you're paying for the platform. Mm-hmm. And so it's the time that that, that time suckers. Yeah, you ate valuable minutes of my life with a piece of garbage. I mean, I I could not believe that that thing. And and I want to tell you so much. I think. Andrea Riceborough, who was up for the Oscar, um, who was nominated for an Oscar, because she was in that film, that is enough to make her not win. <laughs> I that think, is enough. Think, why, why did you say that? I said, because if you choose a project like that and it's so horrible, you don't deserve to be in anybody's film that gets an award ever. But why is Nicholas Cage still making films? But some you too, Nicholas Cage. Sometimes they sometimes they don't know the film they're going to be that bad. It's going to be that bad. That was just well. Or sometimes they're signed to a contract and they can't get away from it. Yeah, possibly. I want to know who. Instead of me getting mad at Nicolas Cage, I need to know who directed that piece of crap. (laughs) That's the one I really should be going after. Was it Rob Zombie or something? I don't know. It may have been Rob Zombie. You know, he needs to stop directing stuff then. Now, he did the little thing with the monsters, and that was very cute. And he should stay maybe doing that kind of stuff. But if he did that thing, he needs to just, you know, reassess, you know, whether or not he really is meant to do that kind of stuff. You know, well, I, I you know, thought it was so horrible. There's one show that I wanted to watch, and I didn't really care what the uh, – Critics said about it was Star Trek Discovery, because mm-hmm. to me I was like, oh man, there's gonna be a black woman captain. She's gonna sit in a chair, she's gonna channel Ahura and all that stuff. And boy, did the rug get pulled out from under me. Yeah, but the trick was they never really said she was going to be captain. They just said she was going to be featured. You know, it's you know what? Be her story. Uh, they were yeah, very you know clever. What? They were very clever how they handled it. You know, this is the first show featuring a black, you know, featuring prominently yeah. a black woman. Right. Because I went but back I and I looked at a lot of the things, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, y'all played that very fine line." So they could. Get... We never said she was going to be captain right away. You know what? Then I'm not watching. The, I'm not watching a goddamn thing we ever put up again. Because you played me. Because you you. How are you going to say? I mean, I think a lot of it is woman. racism. I think yeah. a lot of it is racism that they would not just put up a black person and they haven't done it yet as a captain at the first, um, on the outset of their career, Starfleet. They just put them I mean, out as a captain. Roddenberry put that in his will. You know, I bequeath unto you all of my heirs and the signs, all of the rights to start that. But don't put no black people in the captain. Don't do yeah. that. And I got to tell you, when they had, um, what is his name, Pike, that I was done. Man. I was done with that. I mean, I was finished with Discovery. You know, I, I, I could deal with Saru being, you know, in the chair. They had a, but put up an Asian woman as a captain. Yeah. But I thought, just no, that that to me was a huge slap in the face. 
you know, that she starts I, off as she starts off as being some sort of prisoner or something. You well, know? no, she starts off as being, First you know, officer. the next in line. She would have no, I mean, you she's know, gonna, Peter George. Yeah, but transported. Yeah, for um, mutiny. Yeah, or treason, something like that. I can't remember. But at the very beginning, she was not because she was the first officer, was she not? Correct. So she started out as first officer, who would have succeeded Georgiou, but then the thing happened, and Georgiou ends up dead, and so she is started with the mutiny and all this kind of stuff, and now she is, you know, it's crazy. Would they do that to Kirk or Janeway or any of the other, you know, people that were? Ascending to the to the, the throne, they wouldn't. Nope. Well, Janeway, they just had shot out to the middle of nowhere. She still well, was captain. She was still well, captain when she went yeah. there. I can see what they were trying to do. It's when you have this big discussion in the writers' room, and sometimes it doesn't work out the way you want to. But if you go through this whole thing about um, somebody says, well, it's like Shakespearean because in uh, Shakespeare's times the worst thing that could happen to you was to lose face. That's like why King Lear is considered such a tragedy because here you were the king and then you end up wandering around out in the in the woods and the rain and everything. And uh, so it's like you were on doing this and you have to build this back up and everything. And so I can see where they thought that was the uh, a good but, idea. But she wasn't captain. But she, but she wasn't was captain. She didn't drop right, from she, king she to had no being, you know, she had no the... to to fall down from. That, that's what I'm saying. It's like you sold me. It's like the theme of the show, of today's show, tonight's show. You sold me this thing and to be you a sold me a bill of goods. You yeah, sold me you a bill of goods. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, I I'm very disappointed with that. And you know that's one of those shows that. I have to wait until the end of seasons for somebody to tell me it's good, so I will go back and watch it. But I will not waste my. Well, let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. This is a Roddenberry special. Are you going to watch uh, Tuvok on Picard? I already texted you that I was going to watch those two episodes. Do you think I texted you? I will watch two episodes of that show. What capacity do you think they'll? Have Tuvok in, uh, and 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 are you anticipating that it's going to be a real, you know, Tuvok engage story? Because they they're not in the same timeline, right? Yeah, they're the same yeah, timeline. They are. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. I mean, we talked about this before. I think the fact that the guy who was Reggie, who was from um, the next right. generation, was trying to right. get in touch with the individuals, and when they did, Tom Paris was able to talk to his dad. Right. Yeah. So they are in the same. Remembering. Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, do you think that uh, Tuvok will have uh, a, a real, a real role? And, and why wait this long? Put Tuvok in to to integrate, integrate. Excuse the term. Integrate Tuvok into the into the show. Well, they just because they, they've never had another show, a show that was in the same timeline as yeah. Voyager. And they also in, just introduced LeVar Burton like a week ago. So it's not like a, a yeah. lot of these things are just like extended cameos because um, they didn't have one character that was a kind of a fan favorite with a whole big backstory in history. That was <laughs> yeah, and, they and fridged her. 
and kill. They fridged her. So I was pissed. So a lot of these things that just say well, we want to put everybody in here that we can and stuff, you know, even for like three scenes or something like that, and uh, come up. It ha- it's been fairly good. My major complaint is though, you saw where they said we're going to do all of this stuff and we're going to save money. So like the first four episodes all took place in one setting because we got the sets built and got to use them from somewhere. And of course, what they do <laughs> all of these shows now is these sets are built uh, so interchangeable that they take parts of the same ship and pull up, you know, just light it differently for something else. Well, that would just seem to go make a modular set to the beginning, you know? And it's about to make it, it modular. Seems to go, yeah, it seems to go out of their way to avoid uh, black people when these shows shows, is Star Trek shows. Because, I, you know, I think Penelope and I were talking about data and Data had a daughter, but his daughter was, what was his daughter, white, Italian, or whatever? What was, his, what was she supposed to be? I don't know, but the thing is, he could have made white. her look exactly like him. It could have been anything, any ethnicity. And you would think, you know, based on Star Trek and, you know, they're supposed to be diverse and, you know, just like uh, Leonard Nimoy said during the... Uh, when they were they were um, casting the animated series, you forgot something. You forgot you forgot the the people of color on the show. Um, you know because it's what tw- you know twenty whatever century, and there's diversity. Mm-hmm. But you know you know looking through the eyes of the Star Trek um, universe, you would think the world is populated mostly by Anglo-Saxon. That's just that's just not that's just not correct. Or Caucasians or whatever. Well, Firefly did the same thing where everything had Asian inspired names, but you hardly saw any Asians on the show. That's weird, isn't it? Like now we have a whole bunch of uh, indigenous sounding names in America and we hardly have any indigenous folk in charge. So it's almost like your existence is a relic, you know? Well, you can't beat population. I mean, the thing is, how many people, how many billion people are in the world? Mm-hmm. Several billion people in the world. There's still most of that billion of people in the world are people of color. That's just the way it is. You can't fantasy your way out of it. Well, I guess they have. They've done it for a while, fantasy their way out of it. So well, they shouldn't fantasy your way out of it, but they're doing it anyway. Well, that's the thing that always amazed me is that the people who say they love uh, fantasy and um, science fiction and all these things and stuff, and they will accept elves and werewolves and witches and warlocks and and uh, extraterrestrials from every kind of planet you can imagine. But as soon as you put one person of color in there, they cry foul. They just go absolutely crazy. And for no yeah. other reason, then you have a person of color in that spot, like in that uh, thing with Star Wars, where they had the, uh, this, uh, and, and, and the thing was, they didn't have a complaint about the person's performance. They didn't have a complaint about anything except that they were black. That was the only complaint they they yeah. the person in there. 
Right? I he really exists. don't understand. I mean, it's a, it's a made-up character. It could be any color or gender. It's well, it, made up. It could be, though, for some people that their idea of a <laughs> paradise or a perfect world or something like that is one where you just had white folks there. You didn't have anybody else um, in existence. Like in the old sad puppy days that they felt that, you know, if you were not a, uh, that if you were not a uh, white, you know, straight, uh, straight white heterosexual, you know, cisgendered man and stuff is the only person who could lead anything and everybody else would take not just a secondary part, but a, a typical secondary part. And that's what made real adventure. Or you look at it this way that fantasy is their fantasy so yeah you're not included in their, their fantasy, fantasy. and and you know as people to lord the... over or rule over like mm -hmm. tarzan you know goes yeah. to the continent and you know rules over everyone Those else who is yeah who you is know, I, was reading a, I was reading a, a jewish magazine called tablet and it's a jewish periodical and they were they were doing a a story about Saul Bellow and uh, Saul Bellow's um, relationship or racism, and how he he just you know told a bunch of people. Right? He lived in New York City. He had to go to New York City one time, or a couple of times to uh, to meet with his publisher, and he wanted just he wanted to just go to Madison Avenue to his publisher and then go to the airport and then leave because he was so afraid that he would encounter black people because he was afraid of black people they didn't want to encounter or or engage or come in contact with black people and so if you have people writing fantasy you think like that they're not going to write something where they're in constant fear right yeah they're going to write stuff that's like Cranston said their fantasy is you know rainbows and lollipops and you're neither rainbow or lollipop is right, right you know you're a danger you're a dangerous you know black skinned monster. Yeah. You know, that they want to avoid in real life. Why would they have you in their, in their fantasy? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and I think, you know, on those terms, like what kind of films and stuff that were like that, even as we were children, you know, that we watched and thought, huh, you know, that this is, I got so, you know, kind of like, a bill of goods. I mean, I think that uh, the problem is as we get older and we look back at the things and say, wow, you know, whose adventure was this, huh? Right. It's like, and it's almost like you have to accept not being, you know, part of the adventure. Because yeah. nothing is, um, concerns you, is related to you, about you, well, you know? Well, you know, going back to articles, there's an article in the New York Times this week by um, McWhorter when he said that uh, he did not mind not seeing um, himself reflected in media and films and television shows because he said, you know, number one, if it did reflect his existence, it probably would have gotten it wrong. And then number two, he watches television shows and and movies to find out about other cultures, not to find out about himself. So he never had an issue with not seeing himself 
reflected in these television shows and and movies. Mm-hmm. So you know, and I and I think you know that sounds a little bit dishonest. Number one, and mm-hmm. then number two, it seems like you know movies and television shows are not simply satisfied with not referencing us, but it's like whenever they reference you know black people or people of color or whatever, it's done in such a negative light. You right. know, I don't know any. I don't know. If there's any black people in uh, what's the name, the Revenant? But no, I didn't you know, see you get the term "tree inward." You know, used over and over again. Although there's no black people in it, so you know, I, I don't know what what to say about that. You know, as far as having yourself reflected, you have you have a lot of black people who say they don't need it, but I think they're missing the point of not being included and not having the media reflect uh mm-hmm. reflective well the, exactly. thing, the thing about that and i think this uh I, I don't know if self-hating or self-deluded comes into it but there are things that you look at that just doesn't look like the real world for example um and the thing was i loved voice to the bottom of the sea when i didn't know any better and uh, <laughs> I knew that in, in the first episode of Voice to the Bottom of the Sea, they put, which was like in 1965, and they put a big title across the screen, 1977. So it was near enough future to be recognizable, but it wasn't like mm-hmm. 1965. But I'm looking at all the people running around on the sea view, and I'm saying to myself, well, they've had black people in the Navy since the 1700s. They've been on submarines since the 50s. And this is like 20 years from now, and there are no black people on this ship. Now, to say that, you know, you want to learn about other cultures and not that is one thing, but you do want to see something that does kind of reflect a semblance of reality. And uh, that's just kind of not, you know, there were no, they didn't even have, they didn't even have black janitors anywhere around there or something like that. (laughs) And so that's when you knew this, okay, this is a little bit, you know, this is not reflective of it. And the thing is, you learn to, to this guy's point, you learn about other cultures all the time. But the only other culture you learn about is something that white folks. You can learn about Italians, you can learn about the uh, Germans when they settle in the Midwest, or you can learn about mm-hmm. you know um, all of the uh, all of the Irish who settle in Boston or something like that. But you know that's not really reflecting what the, it, it tells you about other cultures but it doesn't tell you about the real world and that's what it and, is and and it's not really telling you about other cultures because what you see in the media what you see in films and television is a fantasy um you know a fantasy reality it's not like looking in the window of someone's house and see how they actually act mm-hmm. it's, it's you know it's a, it's a really uh, condensed version of their fantasy or how they want to uh, certain people want to be reviewed want to be viewed and so the way they're viewed is that you're you're not in the picture and so if you show up in a place that you they think that you don't belong help you like you show up in a i don't know at a museum or some other place or you're sitting down eating a salad or something because they someone said i think you someone said on your show that you know larry davis said you know black do black people eat salad i don't know if they do or not well no somebody but, said to put somebody that i think that Kranz was saying somebody in the Writer's room had said something like that, and Larry Davis said, "Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah." No, but no, you no, know, no. If, but somebody said it. That's the thing. Yeah, you know, and so you know that that's that's their reality that they want to show, 
but you know, in the Bible, see, when where it is devoid of you, it is devoid of you, and it, it's not showing you anything into anyone's culture. It's not mm-hmm. showing anything. It's it's what people. If you had a if you had a show, we only only show the highlights of your life. You know, none of the bad crap that happened to you or the mistakes that you made or, you know, the way you look in the way woke up after a hangover. You know, you edit all that stuff out, then that's what you'll show, right? Yeah. You said, well, that's, you know, that's Penelope. That's her. Yeah. Every day. Sunshine and rainbows. Yep. Yep. You know, that's that's us. Someone to say, well, a blessed life. I want to be just like her. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, one of our big problems is, you know, again, you know, we're writing fantasy. And I think today I was on a, a, a podcast earlier, just listening to it, and somebody was talking about the black experience, like you know, as writers, you know, authenticity, right? You know, black experience. But I don't consider it, you know, the black experience. You know, I like to use the term, you know, through you know the you know a our a black lens or you know, black prism, you know, through our you know our lens that we see the world. That that's what it is because, you know, our black experience is not going to, you know, show up on, you know, the alien planet that we made, you know, 2000 years from now. So it is that prism of our existence that shows our authenticity, not, you know, that we have to write everything in, um, you know, some form of a dialect or something of that ilk, you know, or talk about poverty and single parents and stuff that people but but why but why put but I think a lot of people say why put you on the show if you're not going to talk about that because otherwise I could have a white person on the show. Because I I don't know I know I mean that's I guess I have to explain myself on that. But I'm what we do is not talk about a black experience. You know, it is not, you know Everybody's experiences are different. We're not a homogeneous group, so how can one person speak for the entire experience? And I think that we also have to think in terms of it's the prism that we see the world through Mm -hmm. that shows up in our work. As, you know, the prism of our Blackness, how people react to us, therefore how we see the world and how we approach the world, that's what it is that shows up. Because I think every time I think of someone saying the quote unquote black experience, it makes me believe that what they're saying is that they want us to be talking about the lives of black people as they lived in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And that's it, you know, only so much as you can tell that story, is that story acceptable? I think we gotta be really, you know, careful about that, you know, about limiting ourselves to that. Yola, saying all the fact that you have other people deciding what your experience is, and, right? And you try to tell them, but no, I I didn't grow up like that. It's like uh, Nikki Giovanni's poem, Nikki Rosa, saying about how if a, if if you had a, if somebody who wasn't black writing about her life, that they would talk about how poor she was and this, that, and the other. But she said that you know, and the last line of the poem is that, but most of the time I was really quite happy. They're not going to write about how happy you were, but how oppressed you were and how, 
this that, and the other but at the same time they won't talk about their participation in that oppression and everything that came up you know it wasn't like you got up and decided be depressed today or oppressed today but because of the things you had to deal with that were imposed on you that caused that then don't talk about that right yeah yeah, yeah. because the thing is that yeah, i think what it is that we have a unique filter and you know it's our stories are told through the unique filter and that's the thing that we should focus on not the authenticity should always be, you know, and now I have to go into my rap music, you know. Well, you know, you know, the thing is, you know, the thing is, though, I think, you know, and, and once again, I'm, I'm just a consumer, I'm not a creator. But it seems to me that a lot of stuff that I see, like on television shows, even commercials, that black people have to talk in a dialect, act a certain way to justify their presence there, right? Because it's like, if, if you don't act that way or talk that way or whatever, then, you know, what's the point? It's not like when we were growing up, you know, in the you know mid seventies or whatever, and it showed Love American style, and it would show you know the black couple doing whatever, you know, and, and the bed talking about whatever, and they were talking just like regular, you know, just like people talk, right? But you know, right, that was one thing, and then at a certain point, and I don't know what point it was, but if you got that Love American style black couple. And you put them in the bed, and you put them in the eighties or you know mid nineties. They're gonna they're gonna talk like you know, like the stereotype of 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 the, mm-hmm. the way that a lot of people, the majority, think that black people talk, and it justified because I have to just I think you know justify your presence in a room. You know we have yeah. to justify we have to justify you being in the school. So you got it. You got selected to come to the school for diversity purposes. We don't want you walking around just like any other, you know, kid. You know, you gotta we we wanna see you in a, in the in your in you know in a way that we can learn from your presence and and learn stuff that we don't otherwise know. Right. So it's all this all this other extracurricular burden that we had that we thought was lifted from us, you know, from the mid seventies and, and on that you know had we we not shoulder and you see it all the time you see it in 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 on bet if you watch you know mcdonald commercials it's in a dialect or coca-cola commercials it's in a dialect or even you know at&t commercials you know there's the black woman i'm talking and she has to say her lines in a certain way and it's and it's subtle and it's not so subtle but it's there mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, one of the issues that we have to constantly be dealing with when we are watching anything against everything that we have to deal with. We are not sure. I mean, some of it is somebody's erasure that we're not there at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the, like, for instance, if you see a show, like sometimes you see like a Netflix or something and they have a picture of a person and I, maybe they do this because they think you're a black person and they show you the trailer, they show a picture of a black person and that black person will be in the show like seven seconds, you know? Yeah, the, algor- the algorithm would pick out a black, you know? Yeah, shot, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think that that thing too, it's like you're watching, wow, I'm gonna watch this show. This is kind of cool. I see 
this person looks like they're going to be playing a very, you know, important role. And no, I think it's just the algorithm (laughs) showing you what you want to see to get you interested and hope that you'll stick with it, you know? Yeah, you click on it at least. Right, right. right. Yeah, well, it's it's like, oh, go ahead. I was thinking like Shadow and Bone, when they originally showed it, they showed like, you know, a black female, you know, heading like the ship or something like that. And then you realize that that person's not like a main character, was not a main character. I know. It's early on. That's a disappointment. That's a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a black woman uh, Mm -hmm. uh, sea captain, right? Mm -hmm. You hope she's evil. You know what I mean? She sounds kind of evil, and you say, "Oh man, it's gonna be good," but she's not. She's not really relevant, right? And so, to get you to watch, and then we'll keep watching. Maybe she'll be back in the next episode. Right, right, right. But I mean, now I think um, Louis Tan has joined the cast, so that makes me think, okay, I might watch it and see what's going on. See if they're gonna hook you, and then you're gonna be into the diminishing returns thing, you know. Like maybe, you gotta, maybe. like you gotta keep you gotta keep watching. Like I was, it took me a listen. It took me a long time to stop watching The Walking Dead. Yeah, because you're invested. Yeah, I'm invested in it. It's like, damn, I, how do I get out of this investment? I gotta cut my losses. Yeah, yeah. So I started with The Walking Dead sporadically through the first season. And after the first season, I just never went back to it because said, okay, they had the moment. That was it. You were lucky. I kept watching yeah. like three or four seasons. No, more than that. You watch it all the way, like six seasons. And then I, I had gotten out back. of it. Because I, I left it and you were still watching after I left it. Yeah, you were still watching when I had left because even I had given up. You know me, I like zombies and horror and paranormal stuff. And you and I gave up on that. Yeah, I can I can I can stand up to see another zombie. And well, I think that you know that took me out was when they said the last season. So the last season was divided into two halves that were like what eight months apart. And then <laughs> yeah. they started dividing up the remaining episodes and said, Is this thing ever going off the air? Right. Well, you know what? That's kind of the same thing happened to me, and I remember this so clearly. Back in 2015, when I watched Expanse, and then the end of the season, and they said we back in 2017. I said I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. I got two years. Are you kidding me? 2017. Are you kidding me? Oh no, I I was I was too through, too through with uh with that. But again, you know, this is the thing. I mean, it's not quite the same, but you give me this thing, and it is as good as you say it is gonna be. And then you trick me by saying, "Now we're not coming back for two years." What? Yeah, so, no, so, excuse me, you're not fooling me again. So you needed some time off, so we'll be back eventually. Yeah. Well, you know, it reminds me of uh, the Roku channel. We just discovered the Roku channel. The Roku channel has been around, I think, for like a couple of years or whatever. But the Roku channel has purchased all of the shows that were that, that were on Quibi, if anybody remembers that. 
So yes, Quibi was that. The, yeah. Yeah, they're like five minute shows. You have to rate around. And so now the Roku channel shows all these Quibi shows. And, you know, they packed them all together to make, you know, you know, longer episodes. Sure. Yeah, just like a normal show like that. So it's like, you know, it's like when Quibi first came out, the anticipation was, you know, this is going to be great. It was like, um, it was by, uh, created by Katzenberg, I think, from Disney. He was a DreamWorks. He was a cat. He was a, DreamWorks. He was a, he was a can't miss guy, you know, he was a, you know, he's like a golden, the golden guy and everything. And his Quibi platform debuted the same time that the uh, pandemic started. Yeah. And, and the oh. thoughts were that people be watching these five minute snippet things, you know, on the train, on the way to work. Some of them look everything. good. Some of them look good. But I got to tell you, watching the Roku channel in that five minute thing, that crap is for the birds, man. But if you were watching it how it was originally intended, it would have been perfect. I don't you know. Got, no, it wouldn't. No, it's garbage. It's if, five if, minutes. If they, could, they might just put it all together. It's one show. Then yeah, I think good. it would be more interesting. Yeah, yeah but it was intended for people who only had quick little breaks. It wasn't intended for... And who, and who the hell is that? Like, like factory workers <laughs> enslaved in China making iPhones? Who's that for? Oh, and you only no. have a 15-minute break. You can't watch a whole half-an-hour show. Okay, man. That's what no, that's you what it was intended for. It was intended for like you're between meetings, you got five minutes to kill. You watch one of their shows. That's because no. <laughs> that's no. how the market was going before then it was the pandemic. built to fail. That shit was built. But to that fail. was that was how the world was going before the pandemic. Everybody was working overtime and putting in all of these extra hours. And then that's the pandemic so happened and completely changed that model. Where we're oh wow we've got ten hours to kill. No, yeah, I tell it, you, it, I, I I worked all the time. I was not going to take five minutes out to watch no damn horror anthology. That was not going to be the thing I was going to spend five minutes doing. Well, see, I was intended. I was going to spend five minutes doing some other stuff. Number one, and then number two, the things are more watchable. And when you get the Roku channel, which is which is free, they have all the Quibi shows there. They have a really good horror anthology that I, I think Sam Raimi. Under the 50 States uh, of Horror. Oh, yeah, it's really good. Now, it got cut short because Quibi, you know, crashed and burned. So they don't, they don't get to all 50 states. They have Florida in there, Wisconsin, I think Minnesota, some other states, a couple other states in there. The one for Minnesota is really good. So is the one for Florida. I recommend it, no cost, to, to for the Roku channel, and mm -hmm. so you can watch it the way sane people watch it. Watch shows. Yeah. It's real. Well, that, uh, one of those things that you don't want to get fooled by because all of a sudden you have um, these people who don't look at the programs they put out as uh, as entertainment, but just as content. Right. Time with, and they're telling you that, hey, this is, you know, you're missing out if you don't spend the only five minutes you got that you could be just 
sitting walking outside in the sunlight for a while and stuff mm -hmm. warm up from being in this building you could be watching something and stuff like that and you find out that you know i know i really don't have to be doing that yeah. right and if, if and you work at a job and all you have is five minutes in your break you should find another job i think <laughs> You should probably look was, for another job. But remember before the pandemic, that was the whole thing. Everybody was holding on to their jobs because they were so hard to get. And and everybody yeah, was freaking know. out because, you know, they weren't spending quality time with their families. And the pandemic gave people time to reflect. And that's, you know, yeah. That we became we became better critics because of the pandemic. And I mean we as a people. Yeah. That still doesn't excuse some of the ones that they get from, um, I don't know, dot com or whatever, you know, if they get for their reviews. But as a as individuals, people got better being critics and we can do things like, you know, you fooled me. I'm not going to go back through that again, where right. before we were just hungry for stuff. Give me stuff. I want stuff. I will. I'll yeah, watch well, they stuff. told us. Because they told us we had to fill our time with, as you say, stuff. Right. And and we did it. You know, we were okay. But well, you we'll can't even that. go to the bathroom. You can't even go to the bathroom in five minutes. Oh, you'd be you surprised what you can do in two minutes and two seconds. <laughs> I used to be a. Like I, I used to be. I used to be put the be the person putting on the TV shows. You would be amazed how long two minutes and two seconds really is when you have to do fill that spot. A lot, when you have to fill that spot. And and cram in those commercials, or you have to get the tape to the other side of the building really quick. You'd be surprised all the things you can do in two minutes and two seconds. I know, I know you. I may be surprised, but let me say this once again: I'm not, a, I'm not in no job for an all five minute break. I'm not going to the bathroom for five minutes. It's not a thing. I never in my entire life went to the bathroom and had a timer. You know, five mm -hmm. minutes. Are you kidding? I'm going to the bathroom. Taking my time. I've, I'm done when I'm done. So who is this for? I don't know who it was for, but it was it would pandemic or not, it would have crashed anyway in my in my estimate. And, and it's, just, it's just how you sell it. If you sell it that you know that you could be you're missing out. All you have to tell people is they're missing out on something, and that'll merely get them hooked right there. Mm -hmm. It's the interesting thing is when you just say, well, you know, I really don't want to do this, so I'm going to, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. You know, like I am, I am, you know, and this will probably get you like, you know, ex, ex, uh, exercise in some places, but I have never, I'm not a TikTok fan. I get people that yeah. do little things sometimes and stuff like that or, or that and everything, but mm -hmm. I cannot, you know, okay, some, some things are kind of cool. Some things are kind of cute. And if you get one like every other week or something like that, that's it. But if you spend like five hours a day doing this kind of stuff, you know, I said no. But how long? Yeah. How long are those? Uh, I'm not. I'm not a fan either. How long are those? Uh, TikTok episodes. Yeah, you know, TikTok started they? out at like a minute each, and now you can make 18 minute TikToks. But because our, like we said, I was saying before, before you only had time to watch quick little things. And you wanted as much of the stuff as you could get into, into your uh, before your eyes. Now people are a little bit more critical, and they're like, "Well, give me a little bit longer videos," which is actually a good thing. Which means our attention spans are coming back, and we're being more discerning. Um, but 
we're also now facing all of the bans where they're they're banning all the good stuff because it might hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah, but well, you know, you've got eighteen minute TikTok, twenty two yeah. minutes minus commercials. That's a sitcom, so. Yeah, that's enough time to get your point across. Right. Yeah. I don't know who, I don't know. I think this TikTok stuff, I may I may sound like an old grandpa, but I, it wasn't meant for me because if, the issue is, is that I I don't divide my day up into five minute things. You were. I don't do anything for five I don't do a damn thing. I don't even pee for five minutes. <laughs> I pee, I take but longer than that. We were born in the time when we were used to if you had a 30 minute show, it was actually back then like 26 minutes of programming where now it's down to 20, 20 minutes of programming for a half an hour show because of all the commercials. Mm. So attention spans were shortening a great deal. So the idea was give them as much stuff and maybe they won't realize that they've been bamboozled. Nobody yeah. thought that there would be a pandemic where people would actually sit down and actually pay attention to what they were watching or reading or listening to. Yeah. Well, and realizing that, wait, you fooled us. <laughs> my daughter's generation loved TikTok at the beginning. They love it now. They didn't love Quibi. I didn't love Quibi. They try to get Quibi away for free. Like there was, I, I remember getting an offer for like, a year of free Quibi or two years of free Quibi, and nobody wanted. Nobody wanted it. It's like I don't want this. And some of the some of the the actors they have on these shows are first rate. Yeah, I mean these are really. They have like uh, I think um, one show called. Uh, it's it's uh it has uh, Larry Fishburne in it and the guy from what's the name of that show? Penelope Homecoming. What's his name? Oh, 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 Stefan uh, James. I think James, yeah. And it's highly rated. And it's got like, you know, five five out of five stars. But, you know, nobody wanted Quibi. Nobody want the name is effed up. The, for, <laughs> the format is effed up. The, the shows are great, but not in five minutes. Altogether, it's great. But, you know, it, it could be that it, it wasn't for people like, like us, people like me. Maybe it's for people who were, you know, 17, 18 years old, yep. just like TikTok was. And they loved that. Yep. And they grew up with it and they're fighting to keep it. So can you imagine what the next generation is going to be like? But you know what? I remember back when we were children and they were saying like Sesame Street, you know, things like that reduced our attention spans. Remember that? That's, mm -hmm. that's what they said. Yep. Because yeah. they had a whole five minute segments before they went to something else or they used puppets and kids aren't going to want to learn from puppets so yeah, every generation they, was, they said because the shows they would do like in between those little things that they did like brought to you by the letter a g c that these were commercials and so what it was yeah. that that sesame street was acting as if it was an actual television show with commercials and so this, yeah. this the concept of putting in these little commercials was a thing that made it seem like, well, you know, this is not. But we, we that's know. what, we but know. that's, but that's what non-psychiatrists or education specialists were saying. The education specialists knew you needed a break between learning things so that your brain could take in 
what you just learned and actually process it and hopefully retain it as opposed to now the schools just keep cramming you with information you need to regurgitate for a test. Well, the other thing about Sesame Street was though it was intended for children, children who have, if you're four years old, you know, you're not going to sit there and watch, you know, Malcolm X for two and a half hours and stuff in one place. They want to see something that's short and they can go on to something else to keep them. Mm -hmm. It was not intended for adults. And a lot of the criticisms about a lot of these things are just age biased because, you know, they weren't intended for the people who were criticizing them to that point. On the other hand, some things that just really suck. And, um, and yeah, you know, those, those are worthy of all the, uh, all of the uh, vitriol you can heap upon them and the people that, uh, that, uh, um, trick you into watching it. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, I knew watching Sesame street, that it was a parody of, you know, normal television that, you mm-hmm. know, these were commercials and stuff, you know, you don't, I mean, you, you have to be, uh, totally idiotic not to know. You know, I didn't, and I didn't need a break in between learning. You know, I, I think a lot of so-called experts are not experts on a lot of things. I mean, I just, it just swing and misses. Because as a kid watching Sesame Street, I took it for what it was, which is a parody yeah, of, you know, normal television. Yeah, it's a parody of normal television. And, then, and, and you know, I remember the old Popeye cartoons. Like, people were up in, the, uh, up in arms about, oh, my God. And your kids shouldn't be watching these old Popeye cartoons because then you'll be prone to violence. And, you know, I, I never, I don't remember being punched in the face and a guy and, and a guy laughing like Popeye or something. It, you know, it's like if, if, if I suffered any violence, it was independent of, of, you know, Popeye the Sailor Man. It was, you know, it was, it was violence for, for whatever purpose that violence was being, you know, heaped on me. But, uh, you know, you have once again experts who tell you this is this, this is this is the grooming, this is what is what well, it you is know. they don't they wouldn't even use like Popeye and Bugs Bunny when they were talking about grooming. It was the shows that were our oh this He Man stuff or 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 what was the one really I can't remember there was one that they just hated in the eighties and the nineties. I mean Are you talking about conservatives all, or normal people? conservatives of course because they're the ones who are the loudest critics on tv who you know make people think that they know what they are talking about well one of the things that speaking of fooling us again was uh so Mm -hmm. funny was um it was uh my my niece was about she had to be about six or maybe seven years old and and uh so we were some holiday gathering and uh we were watching men in black and they were doing something and it was something they did. And so her mother was saying about, well, why did they do this? And how can they do this? And how can they do this? It's going on and on. And finally, her daughter turned around and just said, Mom, it's just a movie. <laughs> but kids can exactly. separate the difference between this is real and this is not real. Didn't try this yeah. in, in any kind of favorable. You talked about that. We talked about that maybe we're, we're talking about uh, watching shows like good times and stuff like that to me so all of us growing up you know kids watching that show 
it, it might as well have been a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. It wasn't real. But people who, I guess, didn't know any black people or came in contact with black people thought it was a documentary. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and, and I grew up and I learned that. I think I learned that from Penelope and it blew my mind. You know, I was like, people think that's real? Yeah. Wow. Or, or you can appreciate the characters for who they were, but you know, it's it's kind of like um, I always said: if I was Raymond on Everybody Loves Raymond, the show would have run for like two episodes because the first episode would have been Raymond would have been there. The second episode <laughs> because if I lived in a neighborhood where nobody locked their door, that everybody you knew could walk in and out of your house unannounced. All the time, I would have moved. I would have said, "Okay." But that's, good but that's all. Question, that's also good times. It's good times. Like every sitcom, and this is a recurring theme um, in sitcoms, whether it be the Honeymooners or Good Times or Jeffersons. It's like the front door is always unlocked, and people just yeah. come in. You know, it's just like you know that, what? I would tell you something. Two people that did not was that. Uh, Archie Bunker and Fred Sanford, you had to knock on their doors. <laughs> those two, you had to knock on their door. You didn't walk in those houses. But very rare. It's, it's yep. rare. Very you know, rare. Even, even in the even in good times where the, where the neighborhood is, is rife, criminal activity and gang activity and blah blah blah. You know, Malona would just come in the door. You know, and you know, poor Johnny Brown. I remember. You know, Johnny Brown was such a great actor. He was relegated to that show, uh, another great black actor. But, you know, he Bookman just come in the door. They wouldn't even knock. Yeah. Just come in. in. And Florida, sometimes, sometimes people would knock on the door and Florida would say, come in, it's open in the, in the project. But see, in the fantasy child's brain of mine, it always said, oh, they just had a key. Because you always gave your good friend a copy of your key to make sure everything's okay, you know? No, in, in good times, in the projects, you don't have to give everyone a key. The key is left in the door. <laughs> so it's always there. All you need to do is turn it. Not in the Bronx. <laughs> well, not, in the Bronx. not in Brooklyn, not in, the, not in nowhere. But that was part of the fantasy we had, you know. Everybody. Well, the thing that never showed on those shows is, yeah, all your good friends and buddies who came in out your house because your door wasn't locked is one thing. But what about all the other neighbors who know you don't lock your door? (laughs) Right, (laughs) right, exactly. And And not only do you not use your people, you don't even have a people. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't even have peepholes. Where's their people? <laughs> yeah. Your people. Like my mom used to tell me, don't use the peephole. I said, why not? Someone can shoot you through the eye in the peephole. Boy, your mom. So don't put your yeah, eye on Way so, too many you gangster answer, films. <laughs> you way the door, too many gangster films. <laughs> when you answer well, the door, stand to the side. But, stand to the but, side so you can avoid a shotgun blast. But the other thing is, if you're looking through the peephole and uh, you got a light on, and all of a sudden it goes dark and everything, you get <laughs> the door. People know you're in there. And the door, the building, not the walls weren't all that thin. Yeah, thick. I mean, you can hear when somebody. Shh, shh, shh. 
Don't let them know we're home. It used to be that you would hide. Remember you and we get off way off track, but you remember you used to hide from the the, the Jehovah Witnesses on Saturday, the Mormons on Friday, or was the reverse? I don't I don't remember. But it's like, oh, everybody oh, be quiet. Pretend <laughs> as if you're not home. Jehovah Witnesses coming home. Didn't have to do that at, didn't have to do that in my house. Just say you were seven day Adventist, both groups ran like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh can't come. We're about to what go to church for Seven Day Adventists and Jehovah Witness and all, and, and the Mormons would run away from you, like you're the Antichrist. But why would people be so fearful? Of, I, don't, I don't know. You say you're not interested, but they don't take no for an answer. No, man. they're not supposed to take no for an answer because the more you struggle to try and convert somebody, that means the more righteous your cause. But they, yeah, they so struggle some answer that door. Not interested, Brian. Then they no, come back the next it. week, even more determined. Now you answer, yeah. or wearing a uh, wearing, you know, like a Satanist mask or something, that says, "Oh, wait a minute, okay, no, is the goat dead? Did did you finish bleeding the goat yet? All right, I'll be back in a minute. Yes, can I help you?" <laughs> I I remember in New York when when uh, Reverend Sun Young Moon came, and the Moonies were all over the hood. Oh they were my just God. like. They were all over and you couldn't escape them man i gotta give them credit though i mean those new york streets were dirty they were walking barefoot it's like can i stop you for a moment i know you're on your way to school let me talk to you have you a savior in your life i remember going to california and seeing the krishnas Hare krishnas in the um airport when i was a little girl and I thought, wow, what is this? You know, you know, not you know, being a person from uh, California, that was a real strange thing for me. How come they don't do that anymore? They're not allowed. They I don't wear know. red hats that say "Make America Great Again" now and worship a different god. Well, they, they don't wow, you people. are so cynical. <laughs> wow, wow. I witnessed recently, and of course, there's something that you want to know the answer, but you know, I, I can't just go and ask them that. But um, I was in uh, one of our upscale supermarkets and everything here, and there are these two guys in line going through the uh, customer service line buying lottery tickets, and I don't know what what religion that is whatever it is and stuff but it's whoever the, the guys that wear the yellow robes and stuff and they were buying lottery tickets and i'm thinking okay something must have changed somewhere that i didn't pay any attention to you know <laughs> well, I, have a question? I should have told them i should have told them to buy me one since they've got the hookup <laughs> i guess going to something like that you know well, if they had a hookup class, they wouldn't have to buy so many. They would only yes. have to buy one. Ah, yeah. there you go. Could be it, you know? What does God need a spaceship for? <laughs> okay. Speaking you're asking of, too many questions. Speaking of fool me there. Yeah, you're, asking for too, you're asking too many questions. Way too many questions. Yeah, but I mean, I'm looking at our time. And yeah, we have gotten way off track and way in track and but it's always so much fun but but, but one thing though penelope uh mm -hmm. tubac is going to be on um picard i I've, I've seen like one show one episode mm -hmm. of that show 
I think he's going to be on four ep- four episodes. Is that right? The two episodes what I saw. Not I two may episodes? be mistaken. But I think it's two I'm episodes. going to stupidly. I'm going to stupidly watch it. And I'm going to watch it with you. But I think one has already been on, correct? Yes, one just dropped. Did you see yeah. it? No, I haven't seen it yet. I'm watching after the after we talk. I'm watching the Ten Commandments. Yep. Oh my gosh! You know, Talk about a Hollywood fool me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no joke, it reminded man. me. You know, I said, oh, "What the hell is the hit? What the hell Ten Commandments doing on television?" And I said, "Wait a minute! Oh, it's Passover next week." So, That's oh, not why right. it's not on because it, it because they air it because it, they think it's an Easter. Hollywood thinks it's an Easter film. I think you know it's a Passover. I think they know it's know Passover, Passover film. Yes. They I know, know no, I said film. because they always air it even when Holly when Passover doesn't line up for Easter, they wait until Easter to show it. So Hollywood thinks it's an well, Easter, Easter movie. Easter's not till the end of the month, is no, it? No, it's, yeah, it's next week. Yeah, but I'm saying, but this is Passover now. Yeah, because this yeah. is one of the rare times when Passover and Easter coincide to each other. I don't know about that, Sonia. I think yeah. the Jewish mafia guy. Yeah, it's it's past. The Jewish I'm, I'm mafia. Watching, I'm watching the guy. I'm watching Isaac. You know, put the blood the blood of the lamb over the, the Jew, over the, the, the threshold of the so the, 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 so the yeah, angel the, of death can pass over. The what Jewish, are you saying? The Jewish community figured out how to use the Christianity's blind faith against them. And I don't think so. I think it's always been a Passover film. It has never, it rarely airs. No, it rarely views during Passover, except for when Passover and Easter coincide. I don't think so. Go check back all the calendars. This is the Ten Commandments. It's not the Ten Commandments. No, I'm not tripping. Yeah, you are. This is Passover. Hollywood Hollywood thinks of blockbusters on Christian holidays, not on any non-Christian holidays. There's no Moses in the New Testament. What are you saying? That doesn't matter. They're always misquoting the Old Testament any old way to fit their needs. It's the Hollywood thing. Is the blockbuster weekend is Easter. No, I'm, I'm gonna take you to religion of the world class. These fifteen commandments, these ten commandments, ten commandments, history of the world. All right, yeah, part two, part two. <laughs> but yeah, history of the world, part two. I'm just we're not believing. We're not believing. Sonya's, uh, uh, <laughs> go back and look that. and tell me when all the we're not. We're not. We're not going back and look at nothing, Sonya, because we know we're right. This is, this is Passover. <laughs> <laughs> it's Passover. The hedge of death passes over the children of Israel. We know. We know this. Because we read the entire Bible, not just half. <laughs> As we have you have always pointed out on this thing, we are more educated than the average Hollywood executive. No, that no, that wasn't me. That was William. That was William okay. said that. We are more educated than the Hollywood executive. We know what the real holidays are. I'm telling you, Hollywood only thinks. Why don't, why don't, if that's the case, why didn't they put Moses and Jesus 
together in one movie. Because the Mo people Jesus. Who can, Mo Jesus, Mo Jesus. Because the people who Mo Jesus, Mo Jesus. <laughs> the people who controlled the money back in the day weren't Christian. Oh, well, look at if, you. If Mel Gibson is supposed to be doing a uh, a part two of the Passion of the Christ, oh. I, can't, I, I can't imagine what that's going to be like. So we could get it. Oh my God! Why is that man still in Hollywood? Because <laughs> oh, he fooled everybody. Going back to our topic. No, yeah, he fooled. You know the thing is, I say this to Penelope all the time. If Hitler was a hit maker, would be in Hollywood too. Wasn't there, Hitler made hits? Wasn't there a science fiction story where Hitler somehow came back in time and figured out how to use like reality TV against us or something like that? That would have been interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a. Vladimir, I, think, I think there is Vladimir a, Putin. That's what's cool. It's now who's being. I said the red hats. Now you got Putin. So there you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there was a science fiction story that involved that Hitler came back in time or something. He didn't die. He actually got propelled through time. And he wouldn't have to hide though. And he studied. He studied um, America, uh, um, our pop culture enough that he figured out a better way to do what he needed to get that done. Wow. I can't yeah. remember. I'll have to find that and find the name of it. He said, I, he said, player. Actually said the player. I did it in the wrong, I did it in the wrong country. You know, I should have yeah. gone to the motherland it. of this stuff. Listen, not, not only can I again. just get rid of a whole bunch of people who are not Aryan, I also become really rich in doing it. Right. So, and I call myself Warner Brothers. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Well, again, I'm going to give everybody, of course, your usual 15 seconds of fame. Um, you're at the top right. Sonia, what do you got for us? Oh, Hollywood will always try and find ways to fool us, whether it be from the movie, how they structure their movie trailers to how they. Uh, conveniently not tell us things in the plot line mm -hmm. and make us lead to believe other things. So if you want the straight truth, I don't know what you're going to have to watch because all everything's Hollywoodized now. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'm just cynic this year, this time yeah. around. Yes, yeah, you sure are. <laughs> I, I think it, it takes work. You know, I I think it used to be you could believe what you what you saw, you know, like a trailer or, or, or some sort of preview and give you a good idea of whether a show or movie actually delivered or would deliver, thought it would deliver. But I think it takes a work you have to do. You have to read critics, you have to read metacritics, try to stay, try to stay away from Rotten Tomatoes, um, you know, just go online, look at some stuff and, and, and read who's in it, who's connected to it. And, and then if you're satisfied with it, watch it. And the reason that I think you have to be so careful is not because you're spending money, because as I said, a lot of these movies and shows are platforms that we've already paid for. We pay for it every month. It's the time. I don't have time to waste on garbage. And so investigation mm -hmm. is, is, is critical. And Cranston. Yeah, I think I agree 100% with what both our, uh, uh, Sonia and Otto said, that uh, it reminds me that uh, Harlan Ellison was fond of quoting something that he said that um, uh, 
um, Hemingway has said that everybody needs to have a shockproof BS detector. So you have to make sure your detector and stuff is, you know, well-oiled. And when these things come along, you can recognize what the uh, signs and symbols are. So, you know, okay, I think I'm going to, you know, hit, hit delete or remote or something like real fast to get away from it. Mm-hmm. Well, for myself, and I usually don't do my last the 15 seconds when I'm doing it today, I'd say this. Certain types of films, you know, to probably avoid, which is Hollywood insider um, films or shows, those are probably never going to be good, despite all the hype that they're given by the Hollywood types. So try, you know, unless you've got like good recommendations from people you trust, I would say, you know, conserve the minutes that God has given you and not waste them (laughs) on those types of things. I would mm-hmm. say, you know, also same, same, you know, type of um, thing, you know, with the certain shows that you, you're going to have to rely if you don't want to be fooled on recommendations. I would say generally from your friends and people you trust, because it seems that there are too many quote unquote influencers out there now who will just say whatever it is that someone wants them to say in order to, you know, cash a quick buck or to appear that they have knowledge. So really you have to rely on people you trust um, when you are wanting to spend your time getting involved, especially since we all have that unfortunate um, tendency to, you know, kind of get, you know, feel like we have invested in something and we will stay with it for a long time and waste even even more time. So those things, you trust Penobato, your Penobato. friends. Yeah, Penobato, mm-hmm. you said, when you say trust, I think that's very, you know, recommend the people recommend the shows Mm -hmm. i don't recommend any shows to anybody because i think my taste is not not necessarily eclectic but it's it's different i like a lot of stuff that people it's it's, it's, and yeah yeah, i don't i I can't i can't but you know i remember when cranston recommended um um what's the name of the show on hbo westworld Uh, westworld and, and we started watching that and in the beginning and then we went away from it but he he recommended it and we watched it and, we, and it, was, it was very good he right, brought a lot right. of credibility he brought a lot of credibility to himself right you know, right and so you know when he I, says you watch the things okay and you're going to give it a chance yeah because a lot of people i don't to be honest i don't trust their recommendations and i, and I know i don't give our recommendations because it's very rare even you would like something that I like because it's not the it's just the taste is just so different. Well, so no, I, I like a lot of things. Trust. I like a and lot it, of things that you like, but some things. are for instance, when you told me, okay, you should watch Amos and Andy, and I resisted, but then I watched it. Say, yeah, you're right. You know, you're right. You know, yeah, I think you resist like, watching yeah. more my shows, and I resist watching yours. I I agree with that. I, I think that's right. That's right. I like stuff that is uh, that 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 depresses you. Yeah, I don't mind being depressed. Yeah, I. I, I yeah, but I can't I get go, out of I that. Yeah. that. I'm going to do this spiral, and I can't get out of that well. So you know, I try to avoid things like that. You know, unless they're like I like really gritty crime drama things, but I do not like real life trauma. That is repackaged as entertainment. I don't. I. That's just that is a no for me. And when you say it like that, when you say it like that, it makes me uh, kind of 
you know, step back to watch it, but I still watch it. For instance, there's the there's a there's a show on Hulu called The Boston Strangler. The Boston uh Strangler. So I I know that story. I've seen it. I see the documentary and mm -hmm. I've seen the, the uh with Tony Curtis. Right. And I plan and I plan on watching this. I'm sure you, know, you, do. I, you know, people doing but stuff to other people for no reason. Yeah, see for me, I don't like that the concept of trauma being repackaged as entertainment. I don't, I don't like. I mean, you could make something that is a fictionalization of a thing, and I would watch it. But you know, to say this is the thing that happened, and you are taking so, and I know why they do it, of course, because it is public domain, and they don't have to pay for it, like they would have to pay for someone's written story. But again, someone's traumatized by this thing, you know, and maybe somebody who's even living right now will be traumatized by that because it's someone they knew someone they loved you know and and we treat it as if it's fiction it's funny i thought that was one of the things i thought i mean i'm, I'm going a little bit off because i know i get get going but the end of the handmaid's tale when you read it and you realize at the end of this these are people who are in the future who are reading this diary this journal that she's left behind and you know they're academics and they're making jokes you know about this heart-wrenching tale, gut-wrenching tale that we've just read about what's happened to these people as a future where everything has changed and it's different. So they're looking back, but well, we don't know when this was actually, you know, truly written or, you know, blah, 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 where these people actually existed or it's like a composite. We can't really um, determine whether who these people actually were, blah, blah, blah. And it's just so callous you know, and, and just so sad because we've read this person's story and they're just kind of like, well, this is us in the future and we're reading it and possibly discounting the reality of it. And Victor rewrote history, so makes her history seem even more far-fetched. Yeah, all right, but I think it's, it's, it's worse than that. It's that we're the victors, we're the winners, we'll be on the same side as her, but as academics, we are looking at this saying that, well, it does have a provenance that we can, you know, actually um, track. And, it, but even, you know, like people at conferences and things, they're telling jokes, you know, and things you think, but this horrible thing happened to someone and you're telling jokes, you know, and, and it was this, but I said, but I guess she's writing from the perspective that this is what happens, you know? their perspective, they get the historical perspective and they can laugh and joke like we do now about, you know, things that happened in the past. And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, it's, you know, I was just making that comment, but all right, for real this time, for real this time. Thank you all very much for joining us this evening. And um, if you have any questions, comments, criticism, you can get me at Penelope at PenelopeFlynn.com and we'll be back again next week with more discussions from the other hood. Take care of yourselves. Have a wonderful remainder of your weekend. Have a productive next week. And we'll see you next Saturday. Good night. Good night. Good night. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.